Hey, everybody, when you hear that music, you know it's time for On the Ladder Side of Baseball. And today, finally, our co-host is back, Craig Kashan, uh, who, you know, I don't work at all. Craig works like 25 hours a day. So we're lucky to have him for a little while. And um, Craig, how are you doing, man? They love you. I'm doing well. Uh, if you could hold the crowd applause, it's getting a little bit louder each time. You know, that's, uh, you know, I appreciate that. But wow. Wow. No, it's all good, my man. Good to be back with you. I made a road trip to a couple areas where we've got some really serious listeners, San Diego, Los Angeles, Scottsdale. And I put together uh, a sophisticated way of uh, holding my hat out, trying to get donations for on the lighter side of baseball and on the happy side of Krakashan, and I couldn't even go buy a beer with the money that these guys wanted to come up with. I was wow. kind of hurt. I was hurt. Wow. I mean, you know, guys are saying, hey, you know, you guys are good. You ought to go national. I'm going, well, anybody want to sponsor us? And no, nah, not really. You know, I go, well, we're pretty happy here because baseball's over. On the lighter side of baseball, I thought maybe we could do some little league or pony league or anything, but was that i i know we talked did you if you did watch any of the world series was that the most miserable bunch of baloney the the lowest rating ever combined world series games except for the pandemic last year this was the lowest and you know joe buck sucks you can't well that's that's uh that's uh that's all you on that um you know, I honestly, Jamie, I think in uh, I don't I didn't watch a ton of it um, only because, you know, my team was in the playoffs and they lost and they didn't they didn't play well. And it kind of it leaves you with a sour taste. Plus, you know, I'm I'm, you know, full strong into doing NBA right now as well. So a lot of over, overlapping uh, nighttime games and stuff. So but I, I will say this about the about the ratings, I, I think there's got to be a certain time where they need to shut down the ratings and and quit putting it out there because no one's watching anything at a high rate, no matter no matter what it is. No one's watching the primetime networks, the four or three networks anymore like they used to. No one's watching sports at, at a high level like they used to. Um, and how do you count all the people that are streaming services and paper services and stuff like that? So I think it's uh, I don't even look at the ratings uh, anymore. I just know that every time there's a negotiation, um, there's a larger amount of money each time. So honestly, I don't think the ratings have anything to do with it. Uh, revenue dollars. You don't think they use the ratings to set the uh, amount of the ad? Maybe not. I don't think so. I think I think the path, the fact that five years passes and more money are just uh, more people are willing to spend more money and demand more money. That's what drives it. Well, speaking of sports, Ted Lasso, have you streamed Ted Lasso? Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, for my sure. God. I mean, uh, I think I have a couple of uh, episodes left of season two. And and I thought season two, I was not thrilled about like the first three or four episodes. I thought they were pretty tame, but now it's starting to get good. So, yeah, I love that show. Well, it took me calling out every relative I had to try to figure out how I could stream Apple plus up in, in uh, Oak Brook with a new TV. But I, I, I figured it out and then I didn't figure it out, but I finally got it so I could watch the first six episodes last night. And it's great. I mean, it's, 
is a hell of a lot better than talking about much of the playoffs in uh, 2021. But let's talk a little bit about the Brewers and how they basically laid an egg after one of their best relief pitchers decided to put his fist through a wall. <laughs> what was that about? Well, I, I'm not 100% sure, you know, what Devin Williams was thinking, but uh, he let a lot of people down, starting with himself and uh, the organization, which was too bad. Um, and you're referring to after the Brewers clinched the division and uh, the celebration and party they had, he he admitted he had too much to drink and had an uh, angry fit and punched a wall and broke his hand. So he was unavailable for the playoffs and um uh, I will say this, though, I would shift more of the September blame onto the lack of bat production uh, more than anything. It, it turned out that he wasn't really that missed in the playoffs because uh, the playoffs were short lived. And um, for whatever reason, this team ended the season in the playoffs the way they began it in April with with really anemic bats. I mean, there was just zero production. You know, all we saw was you know, the ball being pounded into the infield grass, you know, that was pretty much it. And it, it was, it was hard to watch in April it was even harder and more grueling to watch at the end in the playoffs. But uh, they, they looked really good when September started and then September went, it just um, something happened to their bats. That's for sure. So got a new hitting coach. Actually we have two co-hitting coaches. And um, so they're going to go a completely different philosophy. So we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting to see how their new philosophy falls into place with um, Craig Council's philosophy on, on wearing out pitchers. I know you can't comment on that either, but people wonder, well, why do you have Craig on the show if you can't comment on the announcers you hate and on the management style of Craig Council? But you all have to understand he's employed and I'm not. So, nah. I think Council's a great manager. I think he's, uh, uh, boy, they laid an egg. I mean, they, they really didn't hit all year. I mean, they hit a little bit. You might take a little issue with that. But basically, their starting pitching was way better than they thought it would be. Their bullpen was just as great as they thought it would be. And they figured that between uh, Yelich, Kane, um, Jackie Bradley Jr. and Avi Garcia, I thought that was the best outfield in baseball. And then you make the trade for Adamas, uh, who lists the team spiritually, I guess, and uh, adds a little bit of offense. But um, man, oh man, I, I, I just thought their performance was sickening, whether it was because Suter, what happened to Suter? Was he COVID guy or? He was out too. No, he, he, I think he had a uh, shoulder and elbow issue, like right into the uh, last game or two of the regular season. And then, and then they just figured there was no point of putting on the, on the, at least the first round of the playoffs. I didn't think it was serious, but uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, things popped up on this team. Um, but, you know, the, the hitting is going to be, you know, it, it's my opinion, like you said, the pitching was was better than they thought it was, and and clearly it was. But it's I think it's so good right now that you almost have to wonder um, if it's time to make a move to ship one of their frontline pitchers 
out and get a frontline bat. Um, the problem so, is they, they didn't uh, really, those guys weren't frontline pitchers until this year. I mean, well, I know, but they have they have four all star pitchers right now. Okay. I don't you know what I mean for a for a for a team that has absolutely had no hitting the entire year for the most part. Um, I mean, you they have a lot of holes, you know, and they have they have a lot of money tied up in the guys who are um, on the tail end of their careers too. So I mean, they've they've got that to battle. The Yelich deal doesn't even start till this year, does it? Right. Yep. It yep. Out. The other thing. They just came out with the nominees for the All MLB team, and five of the Brewer pitchers out of twenty five out of twenty six guys on the team, five guys were nominated for the um, All MLB team, and no no uh, roster guys other than those five pitchers. Yeah. So I mean, think about that. Wouldn't you trade one of those guys to see if you could get a front line bat? Yeah. Who do you trade though, um, Burns or? I think right now, uh, the only I'd, I'd say, in my opinion, the two guys I would keep are Burns and Peralta, and I would dangle everybody else. Hey, did uh, Hater cut his hair off? No, he always has it in a ponytail. Because he was interviewed because he won the what is that still the Rolades relief pitcher? Is that have they? It's, it's kind of like that. I think it's the Trevor Hoffman reliever of the year. So a Brewer wins it every year, Jamie. Come on. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And, uh, and then they head into the Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah. Not only not only have they ruined baseball with four and a half hour games, um, but the awards used to be kind of interesting. Kind of interesting. I mean, when I was a kid, you didn't they didn't publicize it. Just you know, once a week, you got the MVP, the Cy Young. And back then, there was only one Cy Young. It wasn't like one for each league. Now with MLB Network, and you know they they put I don't know Harold Reynolds is fine, but then they put some really bad people on the panel, and starting with uh, the sports writer from Sports Illustrated has become a hitting expert and the art of hitting. I mean, what's the difference between Tom Verducci and Charlie Lau? I don't know. I mean, they're both they must be really good because they go to this guy. Smolsey had a tough time. Um, I'm jumping around here because I'm pissed at everything. <laughs> you know, the Cubs, you know, we were talking before we went on the air about Scott Boris and his speech at the general manager meeting about teams were racing for last place. Hell, the Cubs started that a year ago, and they just continued. If Bowie Kuhn were running the show, and he, he certainly got a lot of criticism, he wouldn't have let that crap happen. You just can't get rid of 14 guys, 10 of which were on the all-star team and say, oh, well, you know, we're going to go out and get a better core next year. Right. So yeah, that, that didn't make a lot of sense to, to anybody. I mean, even the fact that um, you, you look at, sometimes you, you deal guys to acquire somebody that, that you're going to have for the next two or three years but I'm not sure they even did that because I, I can't, I can't name a player that they got back in a trade. That's going to be significant at least now. And then, and then if you do that, if you do, if you trade for somebody that you, that is good and is going to be a name on your team for at least two or three years, 
you can still go back and re-sign these guys. I mean, we've seen that happen before, but I'm not, I'm not certain why in the world they would do that now. If they should have done that, if that was consideration, they should have done that before last season began so they could keep them all there and make a run at it. Yeah. Um, the Cubs got one bona fide, sort of bona fide. I think he's a rookie or maybe in his second year. He's on the He was on the 60-day DL when they made the trade for him. So he's been heard of that guy um, who's a second baseman, Madrigal. That's his name. Yeah. Now, what's interesting is second base was the only position they'd groomed about five different prospects for. And proudly, not only did they tout him, but they gave Bodie a $15 million contract to play second base. And then they had um, Nico Horner, who's their best farm guy, who gets hurt all the time. He was going to come up in his second base. And then they proud that they traded for this Madrigal for Kimbrell. I'm telling you what, the only team that makes worse moves are the Chicago Bears. Oh, brother. (laughs) How they have a job is unbelievable. I'm kind of down on the poor Blackhawks. They they covered up a sexual abuse scandal between their videographer and one of their players during the Stanley Cup season of whatever. And, uh, you know, thank God for Reinsdorf. If it weren't for Jerry Reinsdorf, Chicago teams would probably be in Naperville or Arlington or somewhere. The Bulls and the and the White Sox. Well, you know the um, the Bulls are better this year. They've made some nice additions. Uh, the Bucks and Bulls don't match up for a while, but um, I think when they do, it'll be they don't match up until spring, and so they'll have four games to play before you know before it's over. So I think the the ending of the NBA season between those two teams could be pretty good. Cause I see the bulls definitely being a playoff team. Yeah. And, um, Got a real and I think the white Sox and the brewers probably, uh, uh, faltered almost equally at the end of the uh, regular season and playoffs. Maybe, maybe they clinched too early. What? I don't even know what's up anymore. Well, you know, I'm not a fan of Tony LaRusso mostly because he fired Nelly. Um, but he did better this year than I thought he was gonna. Well, I think he surrounded himself with people that actually were in a, were not in a coma, and uh, you know he used a lot of dye. I think whatever hairstylist he was going to was, was big on their profit because I think T-Bone dyed his hair quite a bit. He was sort of awake I thought when he went out to take out pitchers but I'm not sure during the rest of the game if they had to wake him prop him up or help him up the steps of the dugout now having said that those are all flaws with his age and I sympathize with old people like me but how stupid was it to start Lance Lynn in Houston the humidity is 180 percent this guy did his warm-up he came out and I'm laughing my butt off. I'm going, this guy's not going to make it to the first inning. I mean, he toes the rubber for the first pitch. He takes his hat off and he puts it over his elbow and he's getting rid of the sweat. His gut's bigger than mine. Leave him pitch in Chicago, where it's moderately chilly for the fall baseball. And I think they'd have won the World Series, but no, 
they started him in Houston. Wow. Wow. You're basing the whole World Series off of that one Lance Lynn star. That's it. Totally. I missed you, buddy. I missed you. <laughs> well, buddy, I'll tell you what, on the lighter side of baseball, there's nothing but light because the uh, God, did you look at the list of free agents? There must be 200 free agents out there. And some guys yeah. I've never heard of, really. And, and like you say, well, you've got a podcast. Well, I, you know, I prepare occasionally. But, and I do watch a little TV. The great thing about this year was the MLB highlights. I'd go to bed at 9 o'clock about the third inning. And then i just get up at 3 in the morning and watch the highlights. It was perfect. But there are guys making $7 million that I've never heard of on this free agent list, which means they've been playing for six years. It's like you don't think that uh, those 200 or so guys that are free agents had that uh, strategically planned to have their contract ends this year when the, the agreement runs out. Boy, oh boy, are we in for a turbulent spring? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, as we, I'm hearing, I'm hearing nothing but negative, which is, I, I don't want to hear that. I'd rather, think that things will eventually work out, but they haven't initially even started yet. Um, so I think December 1st is the date where, you know, they can actually start talking while the contract expires, the existing one. And then they'll, they'll obviously be in a position to talk and, and try to hammer this out. But how close have you been to the ones in the past? Only as an observer. Uh, you know, I think that back in the, uh, in the early days with Marvin Miller, that was probably before I could read. And then with, um, with, um, Steve Farr, is that that's the brother? Um, but Farr took over for Marvin Miller and, you know, I, it's interesting only to the extent that um, you know, they, they get bogged down with nothing and then it becomes public. And like, like during the pandemic, that was interesting because guys like Scherzer just lipped off publicly. And um, uh, there's some lab mouse out there that are making big bucks. I don't know where this is going to go. The, uh, you would have thought, to me, there were a lot of easy things to wrap up during the pandemic that they could have agreed on other than what they did agree on. But, you know, the owners finally said enough bullshit. We've got the right to do what we're going to do. And we did it, which obviously ruffled a lot of big, big feathers. The thing is, these guys have been making so much money. I can only imagine how big that friggin' strike fund is, how much of that um, endorsement money they've taken to, you know, get ready for this. I, I guarantee it is as big as it's ever been. And, um, I think I said early in the fall, early before the season ended, that um, they're going to get locked out. You know, the player, the owners are going to dig in, look like idiots. Then the players will look like bigger idiots. And then the idiots will finally say, well, we better do something by Mother's Day. I think it's going to be a dark spring, dark spring training. I'd be sure. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people agree with you on that. I mean, a lot of, a lot of the people that, um, you know, that I am associated with in this business, um, there isn't a soul that is feeling good about things at all. 
there just isn't. Um, and that, that might be because it's early. I don't know. You know, when, when I think all we're doing is simply talking about money, but the gap is off the charts, what, whatever that is and whatever, you know, I don't think it has anything to do with, uh, DHs universally or anything like that at all. Uh, that's, that's a sideshow that, you know, one day we'll talk about things that we don't really care about, but I think the owners lost so much money, according to the owners in the pandemic, that they've got a burr up there, you know what, and the players, you know, figure, well, we're, we're the only reason this show goes on. It's, it's the same cycle, you know, that we had in, in uh, 89 and we had in 94 and we had in da 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 It's the same thing. And then baseball's attendance goes down and then the prices go up. I tell you what, with gambling and the other revenue these guys are making, screw them. I mean, I, I used to be pro-management. No way. You know, the, if you don't, like, like with Ricketts, if you don't want to pay Chris Bryan, sell the damn team to a, an investment consortium that'll pay you $4 billion like they like Cohen paid for the Mets. What an idiot that guy is. I mean, there's some idiots out there on both sides. And the, uh, it's like, which idiot's going to win the deal? And, and then, again, I just keep going back to gambling. It, you know, there was a reason you couldn't gamble on the team. That reason's gone. All you got to do is go call Jamie Uretsky and say, hey, man, uh, here's the over-under. Put 5000 bucks on. I, you know, my, my son says, oh, dad, that's pocket change. They're not going to risk their career for $5,000. And if they bet a lot, the books won't take it. I'm telling you, there's a way to get around it. And Pete Rose and Joe Jackson ain't the only guys, and, and Arch Schleister aren't the only guys that gambled on baseball or football. And I laughed. There was a prop bet on the Dodger game with Scherzer's strikeouts, over-under, seven. Seven and a half. The over-under prop bet could lay 10 grand down on the over or the under on seven and a half. That's where baseball is now. It's not just who's going to win or – What's the over under on the runs? When Scherzer had seven strikeouts in the fourth inning, out comes uh, the old Dodgers manager and takes him out. Now I'm going, that stinks. That's, there's something fishy about that. It's like missing an extra point in a football game when the, you know, you're about to go over the, the spread. I don't know. Now call me whatever. And um, maybe people are, Sick of hearing me beat the drum anti-gamma. I mean, I'm all for gambling. I, but uh, well, ga gambling. It's interesting. By the way, I I watched that uh, that one and I thought Max Scherzer looked really tired. <laughs> Just kidding. I I didn't see any of it. And and I, I I'll be honest with you. I don't. Um, I'm not a I'm not a gambling man, Jamie. We can make a song about that. But uh, um, I know it's here and it's here to stay and it's here. It, it, it's still um, evolving uh, and how, how it's all working, how it's going to work, why it doesn't work in certain States and why it does work in other States. It's very, um, 
everything we're doing right now um, has no equilibrium to it at all. And it, it goes from, you know, uh, bargaining agreements to um, new deals to um, new ideas. I mean, nothing, nothing's equal across the table that you can gamble in New York or California, uh, but you can't in um, Wisconsin or um, Missouri or something like that. I mean, and we all have teams in all these states and all these cities and stuff. So I, I really don't know where that's all going. I just know it's uh, very unequal right now. And in our lifetime, we're, I predict that we're only seeing the very beginning of it. And it's going to be so much different when your grandkids and my kids grow up um, and in how they participate as an adult in sports. You know, is it just going to be watching? Is it going to be off of your TV? Are you going to have to pay for every single game? I think stuff like that's all going to be available. Um, I think networks might be going away. Um, and so, you know, that's, uh, there's a lot out there that we don't know about yet, but things are happening. They're just not happening in every city and they're not hap happening in every state right now. Well, yeah. When, when Connie Mack managed, when I was a young kid. Good Lord. <laughs> they well, wanted, the, Connie the, Mack. Connie Mack. Uh, Valentine, Al Lopez, Billy Martin, they had one thing on their mind. And so did most of the owners and the general managers of the era of, I'm speaking of, well, Connie Mack might be going back a little ways to Lou Gehrig, Lou Gehrig days. And they wanted to win. That's what they cared about. They wanted to maybe make a little money, but you know, those guys uh, borrowed money from uh, the sports concessionaire so that they could stay in business. Um, that's how sp the uh, sports concessions in, uh, in Milwaukee, the guy that owned, owned, uh, owned that, Delaware North became the company. They borrowed money. That's, that's Now, all the owners wanted, all they care about is how can we mon monetize whatever it is uh, from, hey, take that foul ball that George Brett hit and authenticate it and sell it for a lot of money. Take that third base from the Cubs World Series and sell. Whatever they can sell all of a sudden becomes okay with baseball. And, and there's a couple pretty good examples. Number one, it used to be frigging taking a chance of getting an arrested jail, et cetera, if you scalped a ticket. If you were on property of uh, the Chicago Cubs and you were out there, hey, I got tickets to sell. It's a good game. It's $25, give me 50, you go to jail. Now they figured out how do we make money on a stub hub and voila, it's just huge business. Same thing with gambling. No gambling in baseball. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We can take we can take the rake. Vegas gets ten percent of every bet. Why not us? I'm telling you. When you, you called me old, saying that my grandkids and your kids, just wait. No, you call Philip yourself Mark. old because you brought up Connie Mack. <laughs> well, Philip Billboard is advertising legal prostitution because they already are into legalized marijuana. 
So I'm shaking my head, people. I'm shaking my head at this guy. This a shaking great? and pounding my forehead with my fist. Is I don't know where to go with you. Know? You know, go get a little, make a bet, scalp a ticket, get a hooker, and have some dope. And you are, and by the way, if you want to come to Wrigley Field, we're all ready to have you because our beer's up to 45 a piece. <laughs> Sounds like you should uh, you should build a house out in the suburbs and stay away from all that. I mean, yeah, man. I tell you what, <laughs> I'm fired up for the season, though. I hope they have one. I don't know. What else is going on with uh, you're doing a podcast. Now, folks out there, don't get mad at Craig. Uh, you know, if you think that he's, uh, you know, trying to go his own way, don't get mad at him. Just listen to his podcast. No, I just try to. I'm just trying to work for every uh, uh, thing that has a cast at the end of it. Telecast, podcast. Um, <clears throat> so I'm calling mine uh, Kashan Cast instead of just a, a name and a podcast. That's just good. to be, just to keep it uh, name branded. And um, uh, I'm not doing it alone. I'm doing it with uh, my longtime producer of my shows. Um, that that I do for our two our two teams, and it gives him a chance to get out in front and uh, be in front of the. Well, we we do video as well, um, video and microphone. Give some opinions and ideas because that's what he does for a living anyway. He's just not on the air. So his name is James Stewart. So it's called Kashan Cast with Craig Kashan and James Stewart, and it's. Um, How would he not be Jimmy Stewart? It's not Jimmy Stewart. This is this is a different uh, this is a different Stewart. There's probably more than one or two out there, but uh, this is a good dude, and um, uh, he is basically invited me to be in this. And uh, I've had a lot of invitations to be in these things, and I really wasn't interested. Except and this. It, well, yeah, I mean, th this is a given. Everybody knows that after all these years. So. Um, Hands. So yeah, so we're doing it. Part of our what we do is on video. And so everything that we do, the first thing we do is we post it to YouTube. And so all you got to do is search Kashan Cast there. We've done three so far. And um, he's also got us now on all on Spotify and I think Apple and just his regular podcasts and stuff too. So um, so he's done a good job with it. He's he's technically savvy, which is pretty, pretty key. So We'll show some pictures on our on ours. We'll both be on camera. Um, we have some graphics. We just we just you know he can dress it up a little bit and make it a visual thing, and so it so it's available both ways. We just can't show highlights of games. You're telling me you haven't been watching the video feed of on the lighter side of baseball? Actually, I, I haven't. Boy, you are you are missing out. As is everybody else. I should have gone like this. Spotify, <laughs> Apple, iTunes, SoundCloud. We touch them all. Somebody said we were on some other one that I don't think I even know what it is, but it, it grows by leaps and bounds. Uh, unfortunately, the there was just nothing to get excited about with the World Series. I didn't think most people, they threw one pitch a minute, which how, how does that even happen in baseball? And then of those one pitches a minute, maybe... Um, one or two get put into play. And so you have two balls in play every 10 minutes and, you know, the games start late and unbelievably late and only people that um, 
don't have sleeping problems, I guess, or maybe they do watched, but the, and you could have said, pick any of the eight teams in the playoffs for a dream matchup. I don't think there was a dream matchup. The Dodgers weren't much fun to watch. The, um, Giants sort of puked on themselves. The Brewers sort of did. The White Sox sort of did. Um, the Braves were kind of fun because they got um, four guys that they didn't have at the trade dev- until the trade deadline. Whole outfield. And they were six games under 500 at the trade deadline. That's pretty cool. Or five. They didn't. Well, they, a- they had a good story. I mean, they had a good storyline to the World Series championship, and and they hadn't won it in a while. They weren't on anybody's radar. Um, they had um, they had to kick a guy off their team for assault issues. They had injuries. Um, their star player uh, Acuna went down. Um, name, name their manager, Brian Snicker. Boy, you win the gold star. Well, and you know the other cool thing about this. Um, and, and I know you'll appreciate this. The fact that, you know, Hank Aaron passed away earlier this year and of all years for the Braves to win. Right. And Hank Aaron hired Snitger and gave him his first job in the Braves organization about 40 years ago when Hank was in upper management in the seventies. I mean, that That's it's really cool. a shame that, that he, he couldn't be there for that. And no, um, of all years for him to pass away. Well, you gotta go sometime, buddy. Well, I know, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, I loved Hank, and I know Milwaukee really loved Hank. Snicker sounds like Snicker, so I'll never forget his name. Can you name the uh, most successful manager in the history of the Cardinals to be fired? And that was none other than whatever. Is this guy Schilte? Schilte. That was a surprise, wasn't it? Yeah, that was great. The more you can churn up the St. Louis fans, the better, because. They didn't like him. I mean, he wasn't you, – you wouldn't even know he was managing the team. If you if you just turned it on, watched the Cardinals, you thought that Yadi Molina was really the manager and he also doubled as a catcher, which I don't think is a bad idea. But um, I don't know. that. I thought that was tough. Uh, what about your general manager going to the Mets in two year, in a year? See that? I mean, that, that just David Stearns, you know um... – he, I don't believe. I it. think he interned for the Mets. He's from New York. He's a Mets fan. He's worked in in Major League Baseball office. Uh, he's been uh, all the way through to the Houston Astros organization. He's been with us for a while. Our owners denied permission for anybody to talk to him, but I think his contract runs out at the end of the upcoming season. And and the Mets clearly uh, they have no front office people right now. They just got rid of their interim GM to top it off. So. Like um, the guy. Yeah, they're targeting him, that's for sure. Not only so, did bad about the players. My question is, can a guy with his philosophy, can you do that in the number one market in the country? But who cares? Pay me $15 million dollars and I'll go fail. As, no, long, as, I, as long as Where I had... Where would you fail? Yeah, as long as I had E.F. Hutton. You remember E.F. Hutton? He was there with Patty yeah. Mac. Yeah. He yeah. helped Patty Mac with his financial planning. E.F. Hutton, great yeah. guy. <laughs> when he talked, everybody listened. No, I thought, uh, I, I think Stearns is a good good guy. I think that, who cares? I mean, take the money and run. I mean, Sandy Alderson even went up there for a while. Cohn's an idiot. I mean, he's a rich idiot. Maybe 
four billion for the Mets and their broadcast seemed to be a little extreme. But then getting he and the Arizona guy to get together uh, because they both used email to uh, castigate uh, players and or just you know the lawyer that had the audacity to say that the the Diamondbacks sucked at the beginning of the year, did nothing to get better and still suck, and the lawyer gets fired for saying that. Now, I'm not saying that that was smart on his part, but how about Bob Melvin leaving the, uh, talk about a nice organization, Billy Bean, he's no, he's no Cone, Stephen Cohn. He lets Bob Melvin go talk to the Padres, and the next thing he knows, the dude's on the uh, waterfront summer in San Diego. Yeah, that was that was um, kind of a surprise to me as well. Um, you know, especially that well, Billy Bean was like first on the list for the Mets, yeah, to, to run their organization on the baseball side, and and he stayed. And you you think if he was going to stay, that he'd keep his manager as well. So, but that didn't work out. So it's amazing. You know, every big high level job now. You he get, can go get he can go get Schilt now from the uh, Cardinals. He needs work. Yeah, he can be the grounds crew and he can manage the team and be the GM. They always go to Billy Bean, which is a good move. And then the next guy they go to is Theo, which for the life of me, um, I don't understand. But it, but at least for everybody that's Cub fans out there that's listening to me, bag on the hitting coach for three years. Anthony Laposi is no longer employed by the Chicago Cubs, nor is, like I said, 14 guys that were on the major league roster at the end of the year uh, last year. So it's, uh, it's, it's hard to be a baseball fan right now. I'm telling you, um, I'm trying to think of somebody I like Schwarber. Pretty good. I love Castellanos. He's a free agent. Maybe the Cubs can get him and Rizzo back. Uh, we need pitching. Everybody needs pitching. There ain't any pitching out there. That's why, going back to Craig's earlier remarks, you sound pretty astute with dangling your Milwaukee Brewer guys, although they really only had one, a couple of them only had one good year, um, had a breakthrough year this year, right? I mean, they. Well, I mean, Corbin Burns, Corbin Burns could win the Cy Young. I, don't, I really don't know if he will or not. Um, he was a reliever but- until this year, right? No, well, no, he was a starter last year, but he had, he, you know, during the pandemic and stuff, everybody was, uh, I mean, they've been very careful with their guys. So I think the progress that they've made up until now is it's noteworthy because they're all young and they protected them and they still have team control over them. It's just, you, you get to a point where this goes back to money, 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 money. How much can you afford to, keep these guys and for how long and you know Josh Hader is going to make 10 million dollars as as a reliever as a stopper I mean a closer and I say as good as your team and pitching staff is that is nothing because if he was a free agent he'd be making 20 or 25 million dollars somewhere pay him the 10 for the final year and go for it you know fix you know get another bat and hope that Yelich and Keston Hira and Jackie Bradley Jr. can can do something besides the nothing that they had last year. I heard Braun's available. He's ready to come back. He's in shape. I'd bring him back. 
Uh, not just a bobblehead day. Have a real deal for him. Give Euchre a World Series, for God's sakes. Let the guy broadcast the World Series. Put him on the radio with Craig Kishon. Everything. Ah, there you go. I'm in on that. Now, number, I got three things, two more things to say to you before I let you go. One, who's does every Brewer pitcher have to have a ponytail? I mean, those guys lead the league in friggin' whatever, buns and ponytails, except for Suter, who doesn't have much hair at all. Suter like pitches like he's late for a bus. The other thing I've started to think about is, is there a manual that the Brewers have had since inception where they've got to get a gigantic mammoth human being to play first base. I mean, yes, just happens all the time. Then they discard him and the guy, you know, was Prince Fielder or the uh, Jesus Aguilar. Oh my God. The most fun guy in the world to watch. And then you get Vogel back from the the Cubs and then the, the other guy, Testy Martinez. What was his? Chesty. Jesse. Rowdy Telez. Yeah, great man. <laughs> I'll tell you what. The Brewers need more fun PR department, you know? It should be fun to go watch those guys. It is fun to watch those guys as long as they hit. Well, you know. I don't know what to tell you on the on the uh, pitchers with the long hair. That uh, I'm beyond those days. Who's the hairstylist? I, mean, I almost have as much hair as you do, which ain't much. Does the you know you talked about earlier that the analytics guys travel and they take up half of the meeting room? Do you guys have like a you got to have a hairstylist, somebody that's there to prep the hair because that could interfere with the pitching, the perspiration, and the game prep. I mean, you got to have yeah, your they, due. They, they practice with that hair. They have, to stre- they have to get that hair flowing more than they have to get their arms loose in between you, starts. Folks, can you tell how much we, I, prep for this session? This is great. <laughs> We've talked about lots of good things. All right. Anything else you want to talk about before you run off to hopefully something that pays? The Bucks play this week? Yep, they play tonight. They're on a road trip out at uh, – they're at Boston tonight, uh, Atlanta tomorrow, and then next Wednesday they come home. And they've only had one home game in the whole month of November before November 17th arrives. So it'd be good to have them back. Two things. Are you thinking, assuming they do have a baseball season, will you broadcast guys ever get to travel? Yeah, I think we're, I think we're going back to traveling because we're doing it for the NBA. The NBA, like right before the season started, told clubs, we got to, we got to get back to traveling announcers and production teams and stuff. So and that's good for everybody because that means for our road shows coming into Milwaukee, we have more people working again instead of, you know, in our production crew, we used to have like 25 on, on the home side, 25 on the road side. And, and uh, since it all became blended, a lot of people have had to rotate through and, and miss a lot of days. So <clears throat> I'm happy for those guys. I listened to a show where they had four big time baseball guys, one guy from the Brewers. And um, I think he's Bob Euchre's other guy. What's his name? Oh, Jeff Levering. Yeah, he was on some show. And the, the question they asked all these guys, it was on MLB Baseball Network, whatever. What was the last live sporting event you broadcast? And, um, you know, I was surprised Levering was talking about Maybe NCAA basketball. Does he do other stuff besides? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, he would have broadcast the last 
home game in front of people, right? Bob Uecker. Our baseball radio guys traveled at starting at midseason, so they were traveling. But you, um, you probably didn't. Yeah, but but the TV side didn't, and you did go to Atlanta to do those two games. Um, but it's been, you know, getting back to normal will be a good thing next year. All right. Finally, I won the bet. I kicked your butt. I picked a lead. I've got a proof of it. But just because now you've got a competing show, I'm going to buy your dinner at Ward's House of Prime and uh, talk to Brian about sponsoring a good podcast. Although maybe he can sponsor the Kishan cast. You know, Chuck Todd has the Todd cast. So, I mean, you're right there. If you ever yeah. heard of Todd? Uh, yes. <laughs> Okay, I'm not going to put you on the spot anymore, but look at your calendar. I want to do December before it snows a lot in Milwaukee. And starting uh, to today, buddy. Yeah, it's snowing here too in Chicago. All right, I'll let you go. You're good. You've been fun. Always are. Guys like you better. I'm sure they're going to tune into the Kashan cast. You can hear it on YouTube, on uh, Spotify, and, and see Craig. You know, if you guys wonder what what uh, the handsome devil looks like, and it's not baseball. <laughs> and you don't get the Bucks pregame. There you go. All right, buddy. Be good. I'm gonna put you on. Oh, you're the best. Don't go anywhere.